Welcome to the How to Code Well podcast, a show all about web development and programming. My name is Peter Fisher. I am a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Hello coders and welcome to another How to Code Well podcast. Today's topic is extremely important. We're going to be talking about mental health in web development. And I'm joined here by Matt Trask, who is a speaker, maintainer at PHP Versions and Open API. Matt is also a volunteer at OSMI, which is Open Sourcing Mental Illness, as well as a whole bunch of other bits and pieces. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Have you had a good week? Uh, hey, Peter. It's it's going well. It's It's been one of those weeks where it's so close to Friday that I can feel it, but it's, it's not there just yet. No, no. Almost, almost. Just a couple more hours. <laughs> just, just a few more hours. Well, yeah. you're, you're in Nashville, aren't you? Is I that, am. I, that... I think I'm five or six hours behind you. Yeah, yeah. So maybe a few more hours for you. <laughs> Yeah, like 11. Yeah. It, it'll fly by. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So um, PHP versions. What is PHP versions? Yeah, uh, so PHP versions was this, uh, a project started by um, a guy named Phil Sturgeon. And basically, you know, for the longest time, we have had a huge issue in our community um, where hosts just don't want to upgrade their PHP versions. So mm. have older versions out-of-date versions, uh, end-of-life versions, things like that. And so he made a project to kind of essentially name and shame hosting companies to <laughs> start having giving them a reason to upgrade um, and also give developers options to say, hey, um, hosting company A is only offering 5.3, hosting company B is doing 5.6. I like that. And so yeah. Yeah. we can kind of you know point to which, which hosting companies are doing um, – well, or, or offering the right version of PHP. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of evolved from there. I took it over about two years ago. Um, and in that time, we, we kept it as a Jekyll project, which is a, a Ruby-based kind of static CMS. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're finally starting to move it away from that and onto uh, PHP. I did it with Laravel and Vue.js mm-hmm. and brought on uh, Colin O'Dell, another maintainer, to mm-hmm. kind of maintain the old project while I found time to write the new project. Mm. So we're kind of at like critical stage where we can start pushing people over. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's just this fun little small project that I took over and um, hope to grow it and get more people using it this year. Yeah, I guess with all the PHP 7 versions, it's, uh, you know, you've got more work to do. <laughs> because, I mean, after PHP 5.6 and, and so forth, it was, you know, we, we, we just had the incremental changes, but then we had the big gap between that and seven. Yep. Um, and there's quite a lot of change in seven. Um, quite a lot of change. Yeah. So that sounds well, weird. Seven, that, you know, sorry, oh, go sorry, go on. Well, as I was gonna say, you know, from like five to six to seven was good change. Now mm. from seven to three into seven to four, it's probably gonna be the next biggest change we see. And so it's really fascinating to kind of highlight like which companies are willing to go to the bleeding edge first. Yeah. Yeah. In order to like, you know, offer developers the best experience. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how that happens uh, in the winter time. I really dig this project because um, there's often, I will, I will spin up a VPS somewhere and then discover that they don't actually have this installed or this particular version installed. Um, 
And so I sort of revert back to the Docker where I've got complete control. Um, but um, especially from a shared hosting perspective as well, that's really interesting because that is a complete hit and miss um, as to what as to what is on offer there. Yeah. So yeah, really digging that digging that project sounds really good. And you're also um, a maintainer at Open API as well. And you spoke about this um, at Sunshine PHP. Where I actually met you at um, at uh, Miami um, this year. So, what is Open API? Uh, well, so I maintain a project called OpenAPI.tools. Right. Not um, I'm like I'm involved with the bigger Open API project and that I evangelize it, but I'm definitely not one of those. Ah, okay. Uh, I mean, the, the the people who do that are ten times as smart as I will ever be. Um, and they are some of the giants in our industry, and I really look up to them. Uh, the project I do is just openapi.tools. It's another Phil Sturgeon project. Um, basically, my career is littered with ideas Phil came up with mm-hmm. that I run with. Um, and so basically, the, the idea is that as OpenAPI became a thing and hit version 3.0, mm-hmm. and is now a wider use uh, specification, we wanted to highlight which tools support OpenAPI.3 right. and what you can do with them, things like validators, transformers, um, documentation, uh-huh. things like that. I see. Um, it's, just, it's another simple kind of Jekyll self-hosted project, and we just accept pull requests from the community. It's just, just to highlight, you know, if, if you're coming to OpenAPI and you want to know what tools to use, it's a quick reference uh, mm. look at what what's out there. Okay. Yeah. 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 I dig in that too. That's, um, I, I'm feeling a lot of Jekyll love. Um, you, you, you use Jekyll. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's for one-off projects, uh, that we tend to do to like just get information out there. It's really easy to yeah. spin up a Jekyll thing mm. and just get, get the information out really fast. Yeah. And then if it blows up like PHP versions, we can kind of step back and say, okay, now what do we actually need to do to turn this into a real live, um, application you know one of the ironic things was that for the longest time jekyll since jekyll's ruby mm. there's a, a, a sweet irony of a php project on ruby instead of being on php itself and using everything that we're trying to talk about so uh-huh. um you know if you're, if you're trying to just do a quick website something jekyll's great and then if it takes off you can step back and turn it into a real thing or and, what, and what's the what's the URL for that again? You did mention that. What 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 is it for for Open API? Uh, it's openapis.tools. Openapis.tools. Okay, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, yeah. So let let's let's dive in to the open sourcing mental illness aspect of this uh, this podcast episode because I think this is this is extremely important stuff. Um, first of all, what is open sourcing mental illness? Uh, so open sourcing mental illness was an organization started by a guy named Ed Finkler. Um, I want to say about six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole premise was that you know, he was dealing with a lot of different things in his life, depression, anxiety, ADHD, uh, and things like that. And um, he hosted a podcast called Dev Hell with a, a friend of ours, Chris Hartjes, and he just asked Chris if he could have the podcast to talk about his all the things going on in his life. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that the outpouring was so great and so overwhelming for Ed mm-hmm. that he felt the need um, to create an organization. So he started Open Source Mental Illness. Yeah. Um, 
And very quickly, it attracted some some pretty big names of our community, Joe Ferguson being one of them. And it's it's an organization where we aim to kind of, in a multifaceted way, um, get the information out to people in terms of what employers, employees, human resources, and things like that can do with mental health in the workplace, um, especially because it's an American organization. So and, you know, our healthcare is amazing as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are uh, your rights under like the Americans with Disabilities Act and things like that mm-hmm. with regards to mental health? And so we, we have some brochures and some, some books that we've written in conjunction with um, trained psychologists mm-hmm. and psychiatrists mm-hmm. um, that we, we give out for free um, for employers, employees, and HR to kind of understand what it, what, how everything works together. I see. Okay. Um, I, I, that sounds like it's, there is a lot of people involved with this because there's so many different avenues of mental health. Um, you, you mentioned that, that there is the people who have the, um, the, the specialists within the, the, the industry. You've got people who are writing books, You've got people who are uh, speaking. So, yeah, it, it does sound like there's a, a whole gang of people. Do, do you know how many people there are involved in this organization? Well, yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up because um, – so before last week, there's actually another group called Mental Health Prompt. Okay. Also kind of doing the same thing that we were doing. And uh, last week, we combined our our powers together to create one – large uh mental health organization now so uh so now i think last time i checked our slack channel has about 60 people or so wow roughly yeah. um i mean like people people come and go as they can there's no hard fast you need to give x amount of talks or donate x amount of time or write x amount of blog posts we all kind of just right as we can do it you know for the speakers as we get accepted um our you know, the board is about five or six people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the, the clinical staff sits. Um, right. Because, you know, it, it's most important to recognize that the speakers, that as we're doing this, we're not med, uh, medical professionals. No. We're just sharing experiences. Right, um, right, right. But it, it is important to know that we do have people on staff who have degrees and doctorates and things like that on staff mm-hmm. to help us understand that the information we have is being presented in a correct and um, – professional way yeah because i guess it would be um dangerous in some manner if you were to give out some wrong advice um the thing is mental health is one of these massive multi-faceted thing massive spectrum and it yeah it's it's something that i haven't spoken about on on the podcast at all for fear of getting it wrong (laughs) because my experience (laughs) is not the same as everyone else's experience people handle things and situations extremely differently however we all need to have some um some role models or some experience that isn't from ourselves that we can listen to to relate to um and I think that a lot of the time, from my experience anyway, with mental health, I, I don't realize it until it's at the point where I need to realize it, if that makes sense. Um, and listening to people who have similar experiences, I can then go, oh, yeah, 
yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually on that path. So it's, it's not, it's great to hear from people who, who have similar, similar experiences. Um, I think, um, so you say that there's people on the staff. It sounds like there's a lot of volunteers though. Is that right? We're, we're all volunteers. I think maybe okay. the only person who might draw in kind of salaries like ever Joe. And that's because, um, they handle more of the, the finance, the paperwork, the, sure. the office type stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the most, I hate to use the word compensation because it's really not, um, the most that they'll do is that they'll, they'll buy plane tickets or hotels, um, for us if we're speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if I ask, I get stickers or they might give me a hoodie, you know, for free is like the one I'm wearing now is all ripped and damaged because I wear it so often. Um, but it, it's purely driven by a volunteer mm-hmm. group of people kind of following the open source ethos that most of us, um, also tend to contribute back to I dig that. I really do. Yeah, I like the the the, the open sourceness of that. It it, uh, it it fits very well with uh, with talking and and reviewing and and all of that stuff with uh, with with mental health. Um, so, how does one get involved in this? Uh, you know, so I got involved. I saw a tweet. Um, gosh, I think it's been about three or four, uh, it would be about three years this summer. Mm. I saw a tweet about three years ago, um, from Joe Ferguson asking for volunteers. And I was, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. I don't really know what I'm getting myself into, but it's <laughs> a great idea. Um, and I fully expected just to like be writing code for this organization, not right. speaking. Um, but I mean, if, if other people want to get involved, you know, um, there's a group of us on Twitter, um, who are pretty well recognized with OSMI, Joe, myself, Ed, uh, Jenna Quindica is another one Nara Kassenbergen Kassen, uh, from NPR. Um, you know, you can message us and we can help you get, um, kind of create the, the link to Joe and Ed and everyone else, um, through email, Twitter, if, if we're in a Slack channel, anything like that. Right. Um, right. And it's, it's all very low, low effort type stuff. Like we're not going to ask you to, you know, do an application or anything, just if you want to help out, you know, we'll, we'll find uses for you, but it's pretty chill. Is there, is there any barriers to entry though? Is there anything that you, you, you need to have or do or be, you know, does it, do, do you have to be a developer for instance, to, to, to do this? Uh, being a developer is not, not a thing, uh, not a requirement at all. Um, most of us are developers and most of us are friends just, through our community efforts, um, you know, I'm pretty sure we would not turn down anyone if they, they had any kind of uh, psychological degree or anything. And they, they wanted to help us um, refine and hone our message and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I know that security, um, the security community is kind of going through a mental health revolution as well. So right. I know for a fact, if, you know, if security people are hearing this and they're interested Mm-hmm. You know, we'd love to to talk to you about that as well. Same thing with ops and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it it's one of these topics that I think um, a lot of these sort of sectors of the industry are sort of reviewing. Um, why do you think it's important to talk about it though? What what, what is the the benefit of doing so? You know, um, the, the importance is is it gives other people a sense of 
of knowing they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had permission to share this on Twitter, so I, I feel pretty okay sharing this here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I keynoted Midwest PHP earlier this month, and my talk was about mental health. And someone, someone in the crowd sent me a message from my website Basically saying that, you know, everything I said resonated with him and he could, he was checking off box after box after box as I was listening to things. And he was like, you know, I've never really known anyone else to um, go through the same thing I I have, Mm -hmm. but I was so nervous to approach you um, because my boss was there and I did not want my boss to see um, that I, that Mm. he he didn't want his boss to connect the dots. I see. Outwardly like that. Okay. Um, Which kind of, it, it, a, it makes perfect sense, but B, it also kind of took me back as um, as a thing that still, you know, I'm very lucky with my job. Um, but it, it gives people a, um, you know, they, they feel they're not alone anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, my, my goal is if, if I can inspire one person in a room full of 200 not to feel alone, then I've done my job. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it helps start bringing things to light and allowing more people to have the conversation and feel safe about having a conversation Yeah. Um, to their friends, their family, coworkers, supervisors, and all that kind of stuff. That sounds awesome. I, I like that. The fact that you're, yeah, the, the, the mentality you have of, of, of if you help one out of a hundred, then that's, that, that is a way forward. I like that um, because it's, it's very sort of, it's putting their needs first rather than yeah I, I dig that it's really really good how though do you think like you said that this chap reached out to you how do you think um it would affect what he was doing in a negative sense if he hadn't have reached out to you you know i i don't necessarily know it, it could go many different ways um you know, with, with anxiety, there's always a prevalent fear of everything going wrong. Um, and that's usually how I feel. Uh, a perfect a perfect case was this morning. I woke up around the early hour at 4 a.m. because I don't know why. I just did. It's, it's fantastic. And I saw Slack had gone off. Mm-hmm. And there's was, there was a notice. And at first I thought it was my coworker just sending me something to laugh at, which mm-hmm. is usually the case. But instead, it was uh, one of our coworkers from uh, Romania. She was saying, "You know, hey, this is broken. We need to we need to find a, a true fix, not a patch." Okay. Or, but it was my work. It was my um, my issue that I was working on, and so my brain started panicking. Like, great, you know, something's broken that I did. Um, you know, is, is my boss going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing? All this kind of situation. So that, that's a prevalent fear of people with anxiety. And so with this, with this guy who emailed me, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how severe his anxiety is, but it can truly prevent you from being good at your job, from really putting in the effort. If you're always afraid of being fired, if you're afraid of your boss talking to you and things like that. So, so the answer, you know, the long winded uh, answer to your question is I don't truly know his boss could have fired him for a lack of performance mm. when truly his boss may not know that he has, things going on mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that affects his daily performance and his boss could just shift mentalities or try and sit down. It, it's one of those things where 8,000 things could have happened and we just don't know. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. It's like when you're, because, I, because when something goes wrong and, and, or, I mean, in your case, you created this patch, but it wasn't a quote unquote 
true patch, true fix. But it was a fix. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a difficult one because because in our industry things can be things can be fixed in many many ways. Um, yep. There isn't a right a single right way to do things because there's all sorts of different uh, impacts and different things that are impinging on the solutions that we find. And one solution yep. might work one day and it might not work the next. Um, I'm a freelancer. I go on and work on other people's projects. That is incredibly um, challenging sometimes because um, I'm trying to work out how, how they've done it. And sometimes I fall into this imposter syndrome where I'm just so confused with what they're doing. And then I end up thinking, well, I should know this, right? I sh I, I, this is what I'm employed to do. I should understand this. And, you know, and so I think that the previous developer perhaps was a better grade than I was. I just go into that sort of mental sort of trip. Um, uh, and other times it's better and, and stuff. Um, but it, it's also the way in which people word the the issue as well, because I feel that things like Slack and um, email and, and all of those other things, they don't convey tone very well. And your head can sort of um, read that message and then interpret that very differently to how the person is actually feeling at the time. Because, you know, if you're working remotely, you said that that, that person was contacting you from far away, um, then you can't actually see their face. You're just seeing the words that they've written. Um, and some people can be extremely brash um, and they don't necessarily mean to. So it's a very interesting what you just said there about sort of navigating the waters and stuff um, with, with that. And I appreciate what you said about your experiences as well. That was, that was really good. Um, do you think there's any additional challenges being in this industry though, with mental health? Do you think that this, this industry that we're in web development coding, there is any, any additional thing um, that other industries don't have because of the stuff that we do in terms of mental health? I think there is to a degree, although the more I talk to other people outside of coding, um, you, know, you talk to like doctors, they're always reading um, medical journals and things like that. The same mm. rest of research scientists are constantly doing the same thing. Teachers spend a lot of time outside of uh, the classroom yeah. uh, doing planning, grading, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't I mean, at least for those of the four careers I just mentioned, I think we're about on mm. par, maybe a little bit more than um, your average 40 hour a week person. Mm -hmm. However, I think what we're constantly having to do does in fact add a layer of stress. You know, if, if you're, um, you know, if, if you're working a, a certain type of job, you might need to know X, Y, Z framework. Well, I mean, so let, let's say you just know PHP, you get mm -hmm. a job, you need to learn uh, Laravel, Vue, um, they might be using SAS or SCSS, whatever it's called these days. Um, they might be using OpenAPI, which is a specification you need to learn. They might be using Postgres, which you never use. And so there, there is a um, kind of a blind expectation that you will spend time outside of work mm -hmm. trying to level up your skills. And so mm -hmm. I think that does contribute to um, uh, a lot more people in web development being stressed, being cranky, mm being on edge because, you know, while we may have time at work to 
learn these tools. We're also expecting to be productive and um, basically accounting for the, the amount of money we cost as developers for our salaries. So there is you know, the expectation that you'll go home and spend more time on the weekends, on weeknights, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I, I also think that, that, that what we do is it can be quite an isolated thing. I think that, um, I mean, some of the offices I've walked through, you know, everyone's just wearing headphones and not actually speaking to each other until they go into a meeting and then they discuss a, a series of bugs and features and then they go back into the development room and then put the headphones back on. Um, you know, different different places cope with that differently. Um, but it, I think that, I mean, as a remote developer, it, it does get extremely lonely sometimes. Um and you know that I have to go out and seek people rather than they come here. I have I have clients that I I will probably never see ever because they live in places like Texas and and stuff um, where um, I haven't got any desire to go to right now. I mean, I might do if if there was a, a conference popped up there or something. But um, I think that that the work that we do can become can isolate you a little bit and detached from from uh, other aspects of of everyday work and everyday life you know i have more conversations with my cat sometimes than i do with with other devs <laughs> but um yeah I, I i get what you're saying i get what you're saying though um and you mentioned you mentioned several industries there with uh, doctors and nurses and stuff, and obviously they would have some level of 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 um, I guess some of them at least would have some qualifications in mental health, right? And so they would be able to well, some of them, not not all of them, obviously, but they would they would have um, I guess some knowledge of of work stress ish, whereas us web devs perhaps we we have to um i don't know perhaps maybe i'm just thinking of myself where i'm the remote dev most of the time my wife comes in and says you're stressed rather than i know that i'm stressed that's what i'm trying to get to whereas when you're a doctor you you can you prescribe people with stress right so sure yeah so that that was kind of the point i was trying to make but do you think therefore that when you have that knowledge, you you should be able to um, speak more than the people who don't necessarily have that level of qualification about mental health. Um, I mean, should, should in, a, in a medical context, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm I'm not going to get on stage and and diagnose anyone with any kind of mental health illness, right? Uh, I'm smarter than that. Mm-hmm. And I, I know what the ramifications are because I have a, a brother who's a lawyer and he won't shut up about anything <laughs> legal. Right. Uh, um, and he also, he's not, he's not licensed to, to practice in the state I live in. So I had no protection, mm. but you know, when I, when I get on stage to share my mental health experiences, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm sharing my experiences. Okay. I'm sharing what it's like to live and battle things like anxiety and depression, but nowhere in my talk will I ever tell anyone, Hey, if you're feeling moody, if you don't want to get out of bed, if doing mundane tasks like opening your email and, um, cooking food are overwhelming to you, you probably have depression. I'm never going to 
outwardly tell anyone that type of thing. Right. And in fact, when I do speak, uh, one of the first one of the first slides I throw up is a, a slide that says, "I'm not a doctor. I I don't have a college degree in anything. Um, I have a student loans to prove I tried, but I don't actually have a degree." Season one. Excuse me. Um, but so you know, I. I, I never want to have anyone think I'm going to diagnose them or right. attempt to offer a diagnosis. I just share my experiences. And if it clicks with people, mm-hmm. then I encourage them. I'm saying, hey, if any of this clicks with you, if it sounds familiar, then go see a doctor. Go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I, I make it a point to tell people, you know, a lot of, at least in America, a lot of our insurance does cover a psychiatry appointment. Right. And you can you can use it with your with your insurance to go and um, see someone, talk to someone, and let them make the professional diagnosis that they need to make. Yeah, whether yeah, you yeah. do or do not have anything. Um, so that that's really what I, I try and do. I just share my experiences. I just you know because it also comes down to like you know I can I from my experiences I can let managers know, mm-hmm. hey, here's things that you may or may not do that suck, mm-hmm. and maybe like don't come to me at like Friday at four 30 and say, Hey, on Monday, let's talk. Right. Because all I'm going to do all weekend is yeah. wonder what did I screw up? Mm-hmm. And when really it's probably good news and you want to like give me a raise. <laughs> um, in fact, like my boss, my boss actually did that. He, they know I have anxiety. They know I like stress over these things. Mm-hmm. And he took me out for beers one night mm-hmm. after work is a Friday. He's like, it's like four o'clock. He's like, Hey, let's go get beers. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm not going to turn that down. And we, we, we sit down, we talk for a little bit, and I'm like holding my beer. And he's like, so the reason I really wanted to bring you out here, and I'm just sitting here like, oh, man, I'm about to get fired. Yeah. Awesome. So it's not that he wanted to give me a raise. And he was like, they did that specifically to mess with me, and I, I get it. But, you know, there's real-world situations where people are like, hey, come see me tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like a five-minute meeting, and we like, hey, I just, I just want to tell you, like, that poor question was great. And it's like, you could tell me that last night, like, you know, so yeah. really I'm, you know, I just, I'm just sharing experiences and letting people know from both sides, both as a, a developer in the wild and also my experiences with managers, you mm-hmm. know, here's what sucks here's what doesn't suck and all this kind of stuff. Um, right. You know, no one, no one, no one, no one at a developer conference speaking about mental health should ever, ever, ever attempt to diagnose anyone with anything. Mm-hmm. And if they do, they deserve to be thrown out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Definitely. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, even if you are qualified in, in that sense, in the, in the fact that you've got a certificate to say that you, you can di- diagnose and such and such, um, it, it doesn't mean that you can relate to that. Because say, for example, I've, so I, so I've got a medical condition, um, and I know that my doctor will never have that medical condition and yet he's able to diagnose me with that. Um, so I guess there is two, two flips of the coin there, um, in that sense, because, because you, with these kind of things, these emotive things, you want, you want to hear experiences. You can't just sort of, um, you know, get, get off the counter stuff and suddenly you're, you're okay. You know, it's a, it's a different state. Sometimes it takes a lot of life change. Um, some, some changes of behavior, changes of routine, that kind of thing. And also trying to drill down to the root cause of, of, uh, of all of this, um, requires an element of communication 
And I think that if you prevent people from speaking about this, then it uh, you, you are preventing the communication flow. You're preventing people in the audience from going, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, but it's exactly what you said, though, the fact that that just because you can talk and say something that might relate to someone doesn't mean that that gives you the right to diagnose anybody with anything. Um, yeah, that's a, a very good... A very good point that you make there. I think that that is is quite crucial. Um, I can understand the um, the the perhaps the desire or need or want to sort of say, "Oh, have you thought that you've got X or have you thought that you've got Y?" But the, there is a danger to that. There is a sort of a uh, because the thing is that speakers are people that a lot of devs, all of us, look up to, and when we're being taught something on stage um sometimes we take that as gospel you know that's 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 mm-hmm. that's because the, these these brilliant people are talking about this fantastic technology and so if you take that in the same context um or use that with the context of of mental health then then there is that sort of possibility of 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 um of dangerous self-diagnostic i i guess um so if someone is listening right now and they are feeling anxious and they are feeling like they are suffering from mental health, what is the first thing that they should do? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is make an appointment with a psychiatrist or psychologist in your area Mm. and just have a, have a talk with them. You know, they, they are going to be the ultimate arbiter of, do you have something or do you not have something? Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's like the common case of going on WebMD and just like Googling sneeze and next thing you know, you have cancer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want to be doing that. Just, you know, have a, have a talk with, um, with that. If you've already done that and, you know, you're just, you, you, they determine that like, yeah, you might have some anxiety, but drugs aren't really going to be a thing for you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, understand like what makes you feel that sort of way and what can you do to prevent it? Um, a very common thing with me, um, I have a really great friend named David Stanley. He's a, a manager dude over at Help Scout, um, great developer, awesome friend. You know, him and I will talk honestly and openly about a lot of different things. And anytime mm-hmm. I like he he can he can pick up on when my my tweets and texts to him start getting a little bit like anxious, mm-hmm. and he'll just tell me he's like, "Go ride your bike," because he knows and I know mm-hmm. that if I go ride my bike for his, any period of time. I'm going to come back feeling better. That, that's kind of like my, my happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I have, I have a, a, a way out, so to speak, where if I'm, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling panicky, you know, I drop whatever I, I do, whatever I can to drop whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I go put on my biking stuff and I just go ride forever long. I want to ride. Um, you know, same thing if, if, if like, I feel like about a depression going on, especially mm-hmm. in the winter, because uh, the way time zones are set up in America, they're, stupid um nashville gets hit really hard uh mm-hmm. we lose the sun in the winter around 4 p.m every day right so you know like i go to work when it's dark out i sit in an office i go home and it's dark out so i mm-hmm. can't do anything outside so you know like if i'm feeling that kind of way i you know there's vitamins i'll take and i just i do whatever i can to find some light and be active create activity to get mm-hmm. my blood going mm-hmm. um yeah, you know, but you know, it comes down to each and every single different person. You know, what is what is making you anxious, mm-hmm. and then what is you know, how do you get to your happy place? 
And if you, if you can figure out how to do that, you know, you can ward off a lot of these kinds of things as well. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're hearing this for the first time and things are clicking for you, mm. at, you know, 100%, go find a, a doctor, talk to them and let them make the recommendations mm. for you first and foremost. Yeah. That's some good advice there. That's some really good advice. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, this is a topic that I think that I would like to discuss further. Um, maybe, uh, talk about some experiences like you've done and some really good experiences that you've mentioned. Um, because that, that's the thing, isn't it? York's talking about something that, that hopefully resonates with someone. Um, but doing so in a, in a sort of a very genuine raw, um, not patronizing, not, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, you, you know, um, kind of manner. Um, just, this is, this is, this is the story. This is how I got out of it. That kind of sort of, thing so maybe i don't know maybe i'll mention some some stuff or do a a series on this um later i'm I'm actually quite inspired by what you guys do at um at the uh open sourcing uh mental illness and um yeah i I think uh i think it's a topic that needs to have more um more people talking about it in this industry i i really do um but uh, I, I really do appreciate your time, Matt. Is there anything that else that you want to cover? Anything you want to talk about? No, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. Um, my Twitter DMs are wide open for anyone who wants to talk or message me. Um, I get offers for like trading elephants to <laughs> bikes to whatever. Um, so you're more than welcome to message me on Twitter, and I will do my best to um, talk to you and do all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You're always welcome to send me Star Wars gifts on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> fun. Um, we can like rage about the new ones and how they suck. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what, yeah, is your I mean, twi- what is your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter is at Matthew Trask. Right. Is, uh, my main one, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-R-S-K. Um, I also run the PHP versions uh, Twitter account as mm-hmm. well when I remember to use it. <laughs> um, and then I have access to the Osme one as well, but I don't really use that one all that much. Um, but my main ones, you know, my name, Matthew Trask, mm-hmm. uh, my DMs are open. You're welcome to shoot me a message. Uh, my website is matthewtrask.net. Right. Um, and every so, every so often I blog about mental health. Um, mm-hmm. I have one, I made a tweet last night about burnout, um, and open source. And so I feel like I'm going to have a good blog, uh, blog post coming up here in the next couple of, uh, of days because the responses I got on Twitter were absolutely fascinating. Mm. And so I look to expound on those. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy, you know, I'm, I was happy you reach out to me, you know, really happy to come on here and talk, you know, look forward to hopefully doing it again, you know, yeah. mental health one if you want yeah, to, that, or that, APIs and, yeah, I mean the, the yeah PHP versions open API. I would love to 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 pick your brains on all all those kind of things in the future. So yeah, if you're if you're happy to, yeah, then we'll get something in the diary. But uh, yeah, thank you ever so much for coming on, Matt. I I, I appreciate your time, um, and thank you ever so much, everyone, for listening on the podcasts or watching on the YouTubes. Thank you ever so much. Happy coding, everyone. I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>